Hey, thanks for joining us for part four of Just Like Jonah. We're so glad that you're with us today. And since it's Father's Day, we, we got to do a little dad jokes, right, <laughs> to make this fun. So I want you to laugh with me when we go through these. It's a little different doing them to a camera and nobody in the room to laugh, so you're going to have to help me, all right? Why doesn't the bike stand up by itself? Because it's too tired. <laughs> what does a house wear? A dress. <laughs> That's really bad. What did the ocean say to the shore? It didn't say anything. It just waved. <laughs> Why do melons have weddings? They can't elope. <laughs> That's a good one. Why do you call cheese? What do you call cheese that isn't yours? Nacho cheese. <laughs> That's a dad joke. Why is six scared of seven? You know it. Seven, eight, nine. What did Tennessee the same that Arkansas. <laughs> I like that one. Here you go. These are the good ones. What do you call someone who never passes gas in public? A private tutor. <laughs> That's a good one. It has to be a dad joke. You know, I was wondering, if you see a robbery at the Apple store, does that make you an eyewitness? <laughs> Get it? Eyewitness? Boom, boom, right? What was the last thing dad said before he kicked the bucket? How far do you think I can kick this bucket? <laughs> Here's a good one. When does a joke become a dad joke? When it becomes a parent. <laughs> hey, dads, happy Father's Day. We're really glad that you're here. We love our dads at Pathway Church, and I know those are corny, but I had to go there. And speaking of parents, have you ever had your child wander away? I mean, like wander away from where you are? Many years ago, we were at La Jolla Shores. A, a group of us from Pathway Church went to the La Jolla Shores, which is a beach uh, close by. And it was very crowded summer day. Thousands were at the beach. And all of a sudden, my wife noticed that our four-year-old son was missing. Yep, the same son that's in the room right here today uh, doing our tech stuff. So we started looking all over for him, but we couldn't find him. Several minutes passed by. We still had no luck in finding him. Now all the group from our church, they were actively searching for Caleb. After 12 minutes, yes, 12 minutes, we were panicking. We didn't know what to do. And all of a sudden, here Caleb comes in the arms, or holding, holding hands with a lifeguard as he was walking up to us. And the lifeguard says, is this your son? <laughs> we, we were so relieved. We hugged on him. We, we were so excited to, to get him back. The lifeguard said to us, you know, you, you trained your son really well because he told me his name and his address. That's right, at four years old. You know, if you have kids that wander away, maybe you've seen kids that do this or run away, what should you do? I mean, as parents, what should we do? Well, Obviously, we run after him. We go after him. We chase after him. We, we want to find him. We want to make sure that they're okay. We want to get them back to where we are. And it's not just kids that wander away or run away. Sometimes in life, adults wander. Adults run away. And that's a big theme in the Bible. I mean, people wandering away or running away from God, and then God going after them, chasing after them to get them back. It's a great truth in the Bible, but it's a great truth 
In the story of Jonah that we've seen already, God pursues us. Wow, that's a big truth. And it's one that we need to get today. See, unlike so many other religions where where people chase after gods, the story of God in the Bible is a God who pursues us. The story begins like this. Jonah chapter 1, the Lord gave this message to Jonah. Get up and go into the city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. Now, normally a prophet would be overjoyed to do this, but not Jonah. It says that Jonah went in the opposite direction, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. So Jonah gets on board this ship, sailing west, away from God, but God wasn't going to let Jonah continue down this path. So the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. See, God loves us so much that he doesn't want to leave us where we're headed. Rather than allow you, allow me to continue to run away from him, God will bring the storm. God will wreck your plans. God will sink your ship. This storm was sent by God, and it overwhelms the ship. And fearing for their lives, the sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw cargo overboard to lighten the ship, but it wasn't working. The storm was tearing the ship apart. So they asked Jonah what to do. And Jonah said, throw me into the sea and it will become calm. I know, he says, I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. Well, the sailors tried to row to shore instead. They didn't want to throw him overboard. They knew that it would kill him. But they couldn't. The storm was too big. It says, then the sailors threw Jonah into the raging sea and the storm stopped at once. So what happens to Jonah? Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. We know this part of the story, right? And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. Now Jonah doesn't know how long he's going to be in there. He doesn't know it at the time. He thinks this is the end of him. But God was actually giving grace to Jonah by providing the fish. In fact, I understand that my friend Olivia agrees with me that the fish should be named Grace. Grace shocks us into, in, in what, that it, what it offers us. It, God starts out with, with sinners to those who don't deserve it, the, those that don't recognize it, those that don't appreciate it. God does for people what we would never do for them. I mean, really, God saves people I would never save if I were God. I mean, God blesses people that I would never bless if I was God. God uses people that I would never use if I was God. The Bible tells us that he is the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. That's good news for sinners. It's good news for us because we're just like Jonah. It says in verse 1 of chapter 2, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. So Jonah was running away from God, and now Jonah is crying out to God. Look at what he prays in verse 2. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. So God didn't let Jonah drown, even though it was Jonah's idea to be thrown overboard. That's grace. It's the unmerited favor of God. That's grace. 
Jonah saw how God showed his grace by sending a fish to swallow him so that he could get back on track with God's purpose in his life. God even works in our disobedience to bring us back to himself. And look at what Jonah admits in verse 9. My salvation comes from the Lord alone. So Jonah tried to run away from God, but God wouldn't let him. God always has a plan. He's in control. God won't let you or me or anyone else get in the way of him accomplishing what he wants to do. He will even override our lives if he has to. Verse 10 says, Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. And that's where we pick up the story today. Back on dry ground. And we read in Jonah chapter 3, verse 1, Then the Lord spoke to Jonah, don't miss this, a second time. A second time. I mean, that's, it's amazing that Jonah is still alive to have a second chance. <laughs> when, when Jonah rebelled and tried to run away from God, it's, it's amazing that God didn't just let Jonah drown. Just let him go. I mean, 1 Kings 13, there's this story of this prophet who disobeyed God. You know what happened to him? He was killed by a lion. I mean, this is how serious, being a prophet is a very serious thing. And when you don't do what God tells you to do as a prophet, you have serious consequences to face. But in this story, God gave Jonah a second chance. Now, I don't understand this at all. I I don't know why God did this. Jonah was already a prophet. He was being used by God. He was blessed by God. And now God calls him to go to another mission. But Jonah refuses and runs away. We'll see in chapter, uh, chapter 4 why Jonah tells us in chapter 4 why he did it. But Jonah would have rather died than do what God was asking him to do. And yet God gives Jonah a second chance. Would I have given Jonah a second chance? No way. I bet you wouldn't either. I'm, I'm so thankful. This is the part that I just, I slowed down and I, and I stopped and I began thinking about this passage I'm so thankful that God gives us second chances. I mean, just like Jonah, many people in the Bible received a second chance. Moses murdered a guy, and he ran away, and God called him anyway. Elijah quit and complained, and then God recommissioned him. Peter, one of the disciples, that he denied even knowing Jesus three times, and yet Jesus used him as a leader in the church. And then a guy by the name of John Mark, he deserted Paul when they were on the mission field, and yet God still used John Mark to write one of the Gospels in the New Testament. What about you? Has God ever given you a second chance? Or or maybe a third or fourth or fifteenth chance? (laughs) I bet all of us have received many opportunities from God to return to God, to get back on track with God. And none of us would be where we are today without the grace of God. And I bet you would be in agreement with me today, be very thankful that God gives second chances. He really does. You know, often God will ask us to do things that we don't want to do. And just like Jonah, we run in the other direction. But something comes up, a storm, a fish, whatever. We feel overwhelmed. We pray out to God. God hears us in our distress. And then he welcomes us back. That's exactly what happened to Jonah. Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. 
Get up and go to the city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. Now, if you've been with us in this series, you know this sounds familiar. I mean, it's the same thing that Jonah was told by God to begin with in Jonah chapter, chapter 1. God told Jonah a second time about the same thing. Dads, parents, moms, <laughs> have you ever had a repeat conversation with your kids about something? Let me ask you a question. Why do you have to have the repeat conversation with your child? It's because they didn't do what you asked them to do the first time. See, God is a good father, a patient father, better father than me. What if, what if God is bringing you back to what he asked you to do before? I mean, right now, in the middle of your life, with whatever you're facing right now, what if God is using this to bring you back to what he asked you to do already before? Is God bringing you back to the starting point? Back to where he asked you to do something? Friends, we, we, we need to hear this loud and clear today. God works in process. Come on, say it with me. God works through process. In fact, you have to do what's first before you go to what's next. That's the way God works. You have to do the first step before you can go to the, the, the second step. You, you, you won't go to the next step until you do the first step. That's the way God operates in our lives. God never says, hey, you know, you didn't do what I originally asked you to do, so that's okay, no big deal. I'll let you skip that step, and you can just move on to the next one. No, you'll never find God doing that. When we desire to get back on track with God, you know what God says? God says, since you're ready to obey me now, do what I already asked you to do. Huh. Now, I can't tell you how many people that I've talked with who want to follow God how many people want to hear God speak into their life? They want to be used by God. They, they want to have his direction and his blessing in their lives and all this. But they aren't doing what God already asked them to do. If you refuse to do what God asks and then you try to run away from God, sooner or later God will catch up to you and he will get your attention, I guarantee it. And you will have to face what you were trying to run away from. Friends, don't miss this. God works through process. Come on, say it with me. God works through process. You have to do what's first before you go to what's next. Now, do you know why God works through process? It's pretty clear. Peter tells us, that same guy that denied Jesus, and then Jesus used him as a leader in the church, that Peter wrote a, a letter to, to Christians. And this is what he says. God does not want anyone to be lost, but he wants all people to change their hearts and lives. Did you see that? God wants all people to change. God cares more about changing us than anything else. In fact, he's more concerned about changing you and changing me than he is about getting the task done. That's a big thought. And in order for God to change us, he realizes it takes process. Change only comes through process, step by step by step. God realizes that. We see this in the story. Let's keep reading verse 3. This time, Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went 
to Nineveh. I love those words. This time. (laughs) You see that? This time. As opposed to the last time. This time. The first time God said go, Jonah said no. This time God says go. Jonah does what God tells him to do. He obeyed. Jonah got in on the second chance that God was giving him when he did what God said. Did you hear that? That's how we get in on the second chance. God is trying to give us a second chance. And the only way that you and I can get in on it is if we obey. If we do what God is telling us to do. Jonah learned. I mean, he learned from the fish. He learned from the storm. He emerged from the fish a changed man. But, and we're going to see it in the, in the chapters ahead. We've got to be careful how we think about change. So we can easily expect change to mean perfection. We, we, we can see change instead of by increment or by degree. We, we expect a person to change overnight and be perfect overnight. Jonah was doing what God called him to do, but he wasn't perfect. We'll, we'll see next week. <laughs> he's not perfect. But he's repenting. Because see, now he's doing exactly what God told him to do the first time. He's he's making a change. See, repentance means to turn around. It's to do a 180 degree turnaround. Jonah now goes to Nineveh, 500 miles in the direction that he didn't want to go the first time. And we don't know if he complained and moaned along the way. I kind of think that he did, to be honest. I mean, can can you imagine the self-talk that was probably going on in this 500 mile journey? I mean, here I go, going to Nineveh. Got to travel a month or so to get there. And just so that I can stand in the public square of a terrorist capital city and tell them how God is going to destroy them if they don't stop doing what they're doing. Sounds like fun. I might be killed. I don't know. Grumpy or not, complaining or not, the mission hadn't changed. And I bet Jonah still didn't want to go But he surrendered to what God wanted, and he obeyed. See, going to Nineveh wasn't on Jonah's bucket list. But despite what our culture thinks, life isn't about my bucket list. It's not about yours. Life isn't about my self-indulgent plans. Life is supposed to be bigger than that. Don't get hung up on culture's idea of you accomplishing your bucket list. What if instead we start asking, God, what do you have for me? What is your big plan for my life? The Apostle Paul gives us a glimpse. Take a look at Ephesians 2. Because of his great love for us, God made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. That sounds like Jonah, doesn't it? And then Paul continues. We are God's handiwork created in Christ to do good works. Notice this last part. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. Friends, do you realize God invites you into a life that he has prepared for us? And this is where we actually find purpose. It's not in a bucket list. It's, it's doing what God calls us to do. When we focus on God's plan for our life, we find purpose that is bigger than ourselves. 
I think that's where full life is found. Jesus talks about that he has come to give us full life in John chapter 10, verse 10. I think this is what Jesus is talking about. Life makes more sense when we don't make it all about ourselves, when we don't make it all about our bucket list. It's funny. When you talk to people about the story of Jonah and and you ask them, what is the story of Jonah about? You know what they usually tell you? It's all about the fish. (laughs) But the fish is only mentioned four times in the story. Some people say, well, okay, it's not about the fish, but it's about Jonah. But Jonah is only mentioned 18 times in this story. So I go back to the question, what is the story of Jonah about? The story of Jonah is all about God. See, God is mentioned 36 times in the story of Jonah. The story of Jonah is all about God. It's it's how his great heart is being shown towards those who run away from him. The story is about God giving grace to an undeserving person. Why? Because of his great love. The Apostle Paul says, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. One of my biggest mentors in my life, he had a phrase that he always used. He said this, I'm a sinner saved by grace. He used to say that all the time. I'm a sinner saved by, he'd be teaching in class at my Bible college, I'm a sinner saved by grace. You're a sinner saved by grace. And in Bible, Bible college, a few of us, we would kind of push back on that statement. And it's like, you know, okay, that, that's fine. But we're in Christ. And, and if we're in Christ, if we have Christ in our lives, we're no longer sinners. We're saved. And, and, and Jim would say, yes, but don't forget, you're a sinner saved by grace. You're a sinner saved by grace. Friends, listen to me. If you are a follower of Jesus, don't ever lose sight that, that you are a sinner saved by grace. Everything you have, everything God has done in your life, everything God has given you is only because of his grace. You are saved, you are called, you are blessed, you are empowered only based on the grace that God is giving into your life. You are a sinner saved, called, blessed, and empowered by grace. Paul says God saved us and called us. Not because we deserved it. Wow. But because that was his plan. To show us his grace. That was his plan. We didn't deserve it. It's God's grace. Friends, don't miss the point of this story. This story is all about God giving grace to an undeserving person. And we need to remember that this story is about a wayward man. And it's our story too. It's it's because we're just like Jonah. I mean, my story, Bart's story, is all about God giving grace to an undeserving me. I don't deserve anything that God has given me. Anything that God has done in my life, I don't deserve it. I deserve nothing. God has saved me. 
He has called me. He has blessed me. He has empowered me. I wouldn't be where I am today and I wouldn't be who I am today without the grace of God being poured out in my life every day. How about you? What is your story about? What is God trying to do in you even though you don't deserve it? 